Welcome to You Need a Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Ray. And I'm your host, Kay. Here, you can find two friends chatting away about life's ups and definitely the downs. But let me tell you now, stop putting all that weight on your friend's shoulder. You need some help. Because you're my friend, I don't mind telling you. Friend, you need a therapist. Because life is too complex for me to figure out mine on top of yours. So with that being said, let's kick off this week's episode. I'm leaving. No, you ain't shit. You say you love them. I know you don't mean it. I know you irresponsible, selfish. You deny you can't help it. Your trials and tribulations are burden. Everyone felt it. Everyone heard it. Multiple shots, corners crying out. You were deserted. Where was your antennas again? Where was your presence? Where was your support that you pretend? You ain't no brother. You ain't no disciple. You ain't no friend. A friend never leave Compton for profit or leave his best friend. Little brother, you promised you watch him. Before they shot him, where was your antennas? On the road, bottles and benches. You FaceTimed the one time that's unforgiving. You even FaceTimed instead of a hospital visit. Guess you thought he'd recover well. Third surgery, they couldn't stop the bleeding for real. Then he died, got himself, and said, You fucking failed. You ain't tried. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again on this week's episode of You Need a Therapist Podcast. What's up, Ray? Hey girl, hey. Raven got a mouthful of food right now, y'all. Like, <laughs> y'all gonna fat ass over there chewing. <laughs> so guys, this week we have a very, very special guest, a very close friend. We go back like four flats on the Cadillac, baby. Her. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, um, she, shit, we've known each other since first grade. That's forever, bro. That is it's forever. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, so, Miss Jessica is um, many things. She wears a ton of hats. She is a guidance <laughs> counselor, a dance instructor, um, soon to be a doctor. That's um, right. Part-time hot girl. <laughs> Part-time hot girl. Just out here. Like, overall mm. baddie. So, mm-hmm. welcome to the show, Miss Jessica. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for inviting me. I listen to your podcast at while oh. I'm at work. You know, doing clinical yeah. notes. Y'all got a y'all got a good little thing going. Thank you know, you. we really trying out here. And I'm surprised that people actually listening to us because we really don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Nobody knows what they're doing in life. We just figure it out. We really don't know. So if you could just real quick, just give the people a brief little bio, let them know who you are, what you about, all that stuff. What said I claim? What's up, everybody? My- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, gang, y'all. Gang. My name is Jessica. I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. Everybody on the hey. phone calls in Greenville, you know what it is. Um, <laughs> I, um, I am right now, I'm a school counselor at a private school, and I'm also a dance instructor. Um, and I am getting my doctorate in um, community counseling with a concentration in marriage and family therapy. 
Ooh, um, nice and I'm currently on. doing my dissertation work, and it is taking um, forever and a day. It seems like it's very <laughs> tedious. I'm trying to finish by the end of the year. Um, you know, the pandemic slowed me down a little bit, but girl, it life. slowed everybody down. <laughs> it slowed everything okay. down. <laughs> Can't nobody stop this black girl magic, though. Go okay. Ahead. So yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I decided to like go into therapy because I went to um when I went to school <clears throat> when I went to college I uh actually wanted I always knew I like wanted to be a doctor but I went um and I majored in biology mm-hmm. your girl okay <laughs> <laughs> okay I went in my freshman year I took like intro bio and I was like oh yes this is gonna be fine it was not fine it was terrible Uh-oh. I mean, I felt, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my God, am I like not smart? What is going on? That's that. South Carolina public education. Okay. (laughs) And my advisor was like, well, do you want to go into like, I mean, you kind of like science. You want to go into a social science? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go into a social science. You know, I took psychology before in high school, but, you know, we had it with a coach. So he wasn't really teaching nothing anyway. So, oh, yes. Girl. yeah, he wasn't doing nothing. Bowden? Bowden? Yes. Oh, wasn't doing nothing in that class. Oh, so I was like, you know, it was a little bit intriguing from like the five minutes that I read in class. So, you know what? Let me let me get into it. But I always felt like people felt like comfortable coming to me, talking to me about things and me like being very much non-judgmental about what people have going on in their life. I feel like that's just like always been me. Mm-hmm. So um, I majored in psychology. And then when I graduated, I was like, mm, I think I want to be a therapist. And um, yeah, that was all she wrote. So look at that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Right. <laughs> so this week, I've been wanting to have this discussion about childhood trauma for a while because I feel like so many things that people struggle with um, in their adult life all kind of goes back to their childhood. Um, yeah. How they were raised, um, the type of love they received, all of that stuff, the type of tension they got kind of goes back to childhood. And you see it all the time with people who didn't get enough love and didn't get enough attention are little attention whores in their adult life and they annoy everybody. <laughs> and it's like, how, how do we fix this? How, how can we go back to the root of the issue and fix it? And mm-hmm. so I thought that you would be the perfect guest because you work with children mm-hmm. um, on the daily. So you know how their little minds work. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Yeah, me and Ray, we sit up here and bullshit all the time, but we really don't know. Let's get a professional, um, <laughs> some professional input here. And so I was like, I got yes. professional life experience. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so first, I wanted to discuss the different types of trauma or um, abuse that kids may experience, and we can start with like less extreme, like maybe divorce or parents that are not emotionally intelligent um, and how those things can impact the kid in their early childhood and then on into their adult life. Yeah. So kind of, it's a little bit like you said, like sometimes you have a trauma that is not, um, I guess, so extreme, like such as divorce or 
Um, like maybe coming from a parent who is not like emotionally equipped, but then you also have things like such as like one-time events that can happen with children, whether it's um, like um, motor vehicular accidents or bullying or like exposure mm -hmm. to war or even things like stuff that kids are dealing with now, like on the border as of like being pulled apart from their family. Um, <clears throat> and those things can all lead to pretty lingering um, side effects as far as like post-traumatic stress disorder um, and then um, other types of trauma that come with that. <clears throat> with post-traumatic stress disorder, it's, it's kind of um, in order to be diagnosed with PTSD, like the, the symptoms have to be there for uh, six months or longer, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I didn't know there was a time frame attached mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, very much a time frame attached to it. Um, but yeah, those are kind of like the simpler things of, I guess not so, I, it, it sucks to say simpler trauma. Um, but yeah, those are like, I guess, more typical traumas that some kids can deal with. Um, as far as like divorce goes, I, I see a lot of divorce, um, like with kids who are in the school system. And as far as the symptoms that it's kind of like they have is um, like, feeling unstable, not really having like, um, not to say like functional parenting, but you know, if you're like a kid of divorce, you know, sometimes like your dad parents differently than your mom and your mom parents differently from your dad. And there's two different households mm -hmm. and their expectations from you are two totally different things. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's very hard to be able to balance those both out at the same time. So you always feel like you're on shaky ground and you're always feel like you're trying to please both parents at the mm. same time without getting in trouble with both parents, if that makes sense. It's like a balancing act for them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Shit, that sounds stressful. <laughs> oh, that sounds I feel stressful like I experienced adult. that growing up, even as a single child. Well, my parents were never married, so they never divorced, but like having to please two households where like my dad's side of the family was like very religious. And then on my mom's side, she's, well, Okay, my dad's side was religious and more easygoing, and my mm -hmm. mom's side was very strict, but uh, not religious. And so, like, trying to please my mama on this side and please my... Yeah, it was stressful. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then, like, I can think with my kiddo now, like, I've I seen how... I, I guess a good example of this, of how this happens, because now since I'm overseas, he's with his dad mm -hmm. and we made the transition well before, like a year before I actually came overseas. But when he first moved with his dad, I seen the struggle with him trying to get used to his dad's rules and his house and how they differ from my rules. And he struggled with that for a bit. And yeah. um, that's, that is a perfect example of, these kids having to deal with two different households and I can see mm -hmm. that sounds difficult for adults to maneuver in so imagine a kid you know right right and that's why like co-parenting is super important um mm -hmm. you know just like being able like you might not have the same exact rules at each other's house but I think it's super important that both parents are like when you're at your mom's house you know you have to do this and when you're at my house, you know, you have to do this. So you have to be like respectful of both people's boundaries because we're, they're both living individually. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, co-parenting is super important for people out there who feel like they could just say to hell with the person I made a baby with. Not, not too, not too soon. Not too, not too right. soon, baby. Hold your horses. 
right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so now if we could get into like some of the more extreme situations where there may be like some sexual or physical abuse, um, maybe neglect or abandonment issues, domestic violence and stuff like that. Yes. Trigger warning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you have the, like you said, you have sexual abuse, you have um, emotional abuse, and then you have also neglect. Um, and mm-hmm. those are kind of the four, four like categories of trauma, especially for childhood um, trauma. Um, and like, as far as the things that people may sent, um, like experience from those type of things, it can be like being agitated very easily, being irritable, um, like hypervigilance and hypervigilance is, um, I, I guess for people who are listening, who don't really know hypervigilance is always feeling that somebody is out to get you. Uh, um, so mm-hmm. like always being on edge and always being like, you know how sometimes you feel like you always have to protect yourself, uh-huh. you know, from other people. Mm-hmm. Hypervigilance is like to the extreme. Um, so it's like you're always playing like some type of like hero in a sense for yourself. Like you're always watching your back because you always feel like somebody's going to harm you. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. Um, and then having self-destructive behaviors, which can either be like, can lead to things such as um, addiction or maybe it's like um, gambling or um, like even self-destructive behaviors can even be like spending a, a ass shitload of money like on shopping. Um, and then like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a and, wait a minute. And then also things like social um, isolation. So, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, that's like on the behavior side. Um, and then psychologically you can have, um, it can lead to severe anxiety uh, mistrust. You feel like you can't trust anybody around you. Um, extreme fear, and then flashbacks to um, the actual trauma that you experience, like frequently. That's psychologically on that side. And then, like sleep-wise, you can either have insomnia or you can have nightmares. So it's like you don't mm. sleep at all, or if you do sleep, you have like these night terrors that like are frequent. And then also common things are like emotional detachment and then just like super unwanted thoughts that you're, that like can flood you a lot of times about the trauma, but you haven't been able to work through the trauma. So it just keeps on circling itself around. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to... Oh, Not Lord. Is that me? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so one thing that I kind of want to focus on is um, environment and Mm. how outside um, circumstances and different things can also impact this, especially for black and brown kids. Mm -hmm. And especially in today's age where you keep seeing these babies on the news getting killed by police and all these things happening. Like, yeah. These kids aren't stupid. They see what's going on in the news. They see all this stuff. And believe it or not, it does impact them. It, yeah, for it, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if they may not fully understand what is going on, they they know that kids that look like me are being murdered by the police. And yeah. so things like that, education, income, 
like your your physical location, depending on if you live like in a in the projects or something like that. How mm-hmm. do these things also play a role into childhood trauma? Yeah, it's funny you say that because a lot of research has actually shown like like recently that being exposed not to the trauma of like seeing the injustices of the world like physically like being actually there but like watching it through the actual tv screen through the phone through the internet that it does cause symptoms of ptsd like just like if you were actually there watching it um so yeah i think that's an an important tidbit for parents i know a lot of times it's hard to control like what exactly your kid watches over the phone or tv or internet but um it's just like important to stay cautious of that because it can like expose them to something that maybe you don't want them to have like this lingering thing going on as far as like ptsd as far as environment goes, I think we've heard like a lot of times like, oh, nature versus nurture. If you guys like mm-hmm. remember hearing that, like yeah. nature is like bi- biologically, I mean, you know, I mean, nature is like your environment, you know, like mm-hmm. your income, the family that you were born into, what community you come from, like the the support group that you have around you. And then nurture is, you know, kind of like the people that you have, you know. Mm-hmm. around you um so as far as environment goes i feel like of course <clears throat> if you are living in a low socioeconomic income that has like higher rates of crime and it's not because of us but that's a whole nother like different story as far Girl. as like okay <laughs> yes. as, as far as like the way that policing goes in black and brown neighborhoods or um maybe you even just like come from a family that you feel is just like Everybody is not um, emotionally equipped to take care of a child, which makes them a l- makes them more negligent um, towards you in your own environment. Or maybe you even come from a family that is like, okay, you, you come from a single parent home, but you don't have anybody else outside of that single parent. You know, like support is low. You don't have aunts, you don't have uncles, you really don't have grandparents. It's just you and your single parent. Um, mm-hmm. That can really shape you into the person that you are, um, like cognitively, um, emotionally and also physically. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, your environment definitely shapes you into the person that that you are and the person that you're most likely to um, become. Unfortunately for people, like I said, who are like in black and brown communities that are highly policed and, you know, they're facing like systemic racism, um, mm-hmm. not only like in their neighborhood, but also like as far as education goes, <clears throat> they're more susceptible to like developmental illnesses and also develop PTSD. That's a damn shame. And it really is. <laughs> and it also sucks because they don't also have like the resources to be able to yes. like go to a community counselor or somebody in their neighborhood or a therapist to be able to get help. Um And as quiet as it's kept, honey, you know, black and brown people, we have a stigma around like going to a therapist and seeing somebody and like talking about your troubles Mm. because what stays in the house is, you know, Mm. you go go, go out (laughs) telling your family business, you know. No, you don't. You You do not. (laughs) That's a no, no. Okay. Somebody asks you and comes up to you and asks you if everything is okay. Your answer is great. Yes. It's it's Mm. great. Everything Uh -uh. is is amazing. (laughs) And so. you bet not go to them people house telling them our business. Exactly. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen the movie Precious? <laughs> right. Oh, damn. <laughs> you say you, you seen the movie Precious? Yes. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. She talking about that social worker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
anyways, but yeah, seriously, we don't we don't have like the resources. Black and brown communities don't have the resources. They don't have the support, um, and they're like heavily infiltrated by you know injustices mm. in America that are there to keep them in the same place that they're supposed to be at. So not supposed to be at, but we're you know our society wants them to be at. So yeah. And that's a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. A whole nother day. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what are some of the ways that these childhood traumas that we just talked about, what are some of the ways that they show up? How do they show up in adulthood? So mm-hmm. I know that, like, for example, some people may be emotionally detached like Mm -hmm. where would that have come from from their childhood if you could give us a few examples yeah so um as far as like emotional detachment um where they have it in kids it's usually it usually is going to prominently show up like with adults in their relationships like romantic relationships or even platonic relationships with friends right so you might have a friend that is um when we say like emotionally distant it's like there's always like a disconnect. There's no really sense of vulnerability, but that's because they have learned not to trust people who are around them. And that is because Mm -hmm. the parent or the person in a role that was supposed to be taking care of them kind of misused their trust for them. So now they go in around um, not getting emotionally attached to other people because they don't want to go through the same cycle again that they had before in the past. Um. Oh, yeah, so you sound like me. I'm gonna get it together. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> yeah, so it usually shows up in you know romantic relationships and also platonic relationships. So like romantic relationships, you might be able, you might see that like you know a person that you're talking to, you know, it's very much surface level. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. the walls don't really ever come down. It's like mm-hmm. they keep you at arm's distance because they don't feel vulnerable. Or not don't, but they don't want to feel vulnerable enough to let somebody to come in to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Like with the role of a guardian or a parent or whatever, it might might even be a parent. It might be like trigger warning. It might be like you got molested or sexually assaulted in your past by like mm-hmm. a family member that isn't the mm-hmm. parent or the guardian, but you feel like you don't feel safe um, mm-hmm. a lot of times. So, um, yeah, and that can even show up also in friendships. You know, it can be like um, a surface level friendship. You know, it's kind of like, I feel like I know this. You know, if you're like on the other side, you'd be like, yeah, I feel like I know them, but I don't really know them, if you get what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of just like that key aspect of a lack of vulnerability, but it all just comes down to trust for the person. yeah. 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 Yeah, is she talking loud to you, Raven? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Like, I'm sitting here, like, just, I'm literally going back into my childhood and, like, piecing things together and literally seeing how I, I'm still in it. I still mm-hmm. act that way. I'm still, I've been told that I, I know you, but I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been told that I have my walls up. I've been told all those things. Like my own mama has even told me that. Like I mm-hmm. know you, but I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And then, ah, uh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's but loud and clear. What about the flip side to that? So people that are 
kind of emotionally detached. What about people that are like too emotional or over emotional? Like, Ooh. what's the relationship? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about so, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also things like this, kind of like you have um, those people are kind of like they could also have the same. The crazy thing is that they could have the, also have the same root issue, if that makes sense. So they could also yeah. um, have trust issues. Um, mm-hmm. based upon their parents but that also adds them makes them act impulsive and total uh very like reactive to things and also very clingy and very mm. emotionally attached to people so it's kind of like there are two different sides of the spectrum of being emotionally detached and then also being like emotionally aversive and reactive to everything but it just all leads back to the same root issue if that mm-hmm. makes sense it makes yeah. sense i always say mm-hmm. that like you can go to extreme um, spectrums of the, or extreme sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. of the one issue, like yeah. the same issue. Like how I grew up, I could have been like way emotional because of how like my mama loved. She she gave a lot of love, but instead I'm on the other <laughs> end yeah. where I'm like, uh-uh, because I seen her get so, or give her love so much. I don't want to be like that mm-hmm. and get hurt or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lord have mercy. Okay. <laughs> <Mm-hmm>. <laughs> yeah, good. but you might have like even in friendships and platonic friendships, I mean relationships and platonic um friendships like that might show as um I I don't know, y'all might have been in a relationship with a person like this where it's just like they are like always clingy, they always want to spend time with you, like they are very aversive, mm-hmm. I mean reactive to yes. specific things that you say, like eat, like Placing boundaries down for that type of person um, is is hard for them to do because they overstep the boundaries. Yes. Um, if oh that makes God. sense, like, oh, I don't, oh you know, I need personal time for me today. Um, <laughs> and they like, what the hell, you mean you need personal time with me today? Like, oh, so you don't want to spend time with me? What are you trying to say? I'm not good enough for you. You think I'm about to, you know? It's like an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, that sounds like stress <laughs> okay very yeah. stressful very okay. stressful but yeah but it also I mean the root issue is trust so um, you know okay are there any other examples of I'm sure there are plenty but any at the top of your head now that things that you may experience in your childhood how they pop up into your adulthood um let me see I think childhood emotional neglect can hop up can like as far as like maybe you're like um you've been neglected by like parents and like you know anybody who is supposed to respond to like your emotional needs Mm -hmm. um I think like that affects everything for like adults as far as like, like we said before, like the number one is just like relationships, but also like their self image and also their mental well-being. I think you'll find out that most people who like suffer from childhood emotional neglect, like they, their confidence is extremely low um, Mm -hmm. because they've never had anybody really there to support them and to like really pour into them, give them positive affirmation um, that they've always needed. Um, so a lot of the talk that they have about themselves is like negative self-talk, if that makes mm. sense. Um, so you'll see that it's kind of like, maybe they're not emotionally detached from themselves, but the image that they have about themselves is extremely poor. 
Um, so I think sometimes it might be hard for adults, um, for them to be in relationships with people who had childhood emotional neglect just because their response is to, you might have a person that's maybe you don't know, but it's like, have you ever had a friend in the group that's like a negative Nancy? Like something is like always, <laughs> like yes. something is always wrong. Somebody is like always complaining about something like they can't see like the silver lining in anything. Girl, I wish you could see my face right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like um, they have like a sense of victimhood thinking. Mm, yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of times like for people who are like emotionally functional and like emotionally mature, we have the ability to like empower ourselves through self-talk. You know, like, mm. oh, I'm I got to do this. I know I'm going to be able to do it. And then after that, I'm going to be Gucci. Like everything's going to be fine. Or like, Ooh, I have this big thing I have to do today. Like, let me pump myself up. Um, people who've like been through childhood emotional neglect, they don't have that all the time. They have like negative self-talk. So it disempowers them and it makes them feel like they have no control over their life, like at all. So they're always in a victim role. Uh, if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense yeah mm-hmm. you, that you just taught me something there because I, I never looked at it that way but yeah that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. so yeah and that just all stems from of course if you've been neglected you feel like oh nobody wants you like I'm not good enough clearly they left me for a reason you know nobody mm-hmm. loves me like they say they do nobody cares for me like they say you do and, and emotionally and mentally that can definitely take a toll on you um, and then also the thoughts and the connections that you have. So, I mean, that kind of self-talk can get a little bit embedded um, in your brain and it just becomes like a normal function of your life. Mm. Yeah. So if you could offer some tips on how to heal that shit, because <laughs> it sounds very toxic. And when you get that negative self-talk that's embedded like in your DNA, like mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's a, a hard habit to break. Yeah. So any tips, uh, tricks, advice on how to help individuals that may have had some childhood trauma that need some assistance on fixing a shit. Mm-hmm. I think the key the key factor for sure is like realizing that you've been through some type of trauma. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times the environment that we grow up in, like we talk, we said before, can definitely shape us as a person. And because it goes around like it happens so often to people, you think it's like a normal function of life. And it's like, no, actually, that's not OK that, you know, you were neglected or like you were physically abused. But you're thinking that it's OK because everybody else around you did the same thing that Mm -hmm. doesn't make it normal um it's still a very much an abnormal factor um so I think it's just understanding that hey like I actually went through some shit that you know like that probably wasn't right for an adult to do to a child um I probably need to like go see somebody to work on it um and I think it does take a lot um of confidence and also courage to go to uh sometimes I like to go to a stranger and like spill yourselves out to them. But Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like the first key step. And also the second step is me being a therapist. If you go see a therapist, like don't lie. I think a lot of people do that. You know, like, <laughs> you're wasting, your like you're wasting your time and your money, boo. Like, you coming to me and you lying to me about what's going on in your life because I'm here to help you. 
<laughs> I can't even tell nobody your business. So like you lying to the wrong person. You know? But can you can you tell when people are lying? Like oh, absolutely. Like, okay, yeah. you can tell when they bullshitting you. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes depending on the relationship relationship with your therapist, your therapist might be looking at you like, "Why are you lying so bad right now?" Or they might I, bet, I bet that is you. I bet you. The, That's you are me. Probably like. The, the one therapist that you'd be like, are you really going to sit here and bullshit me right now? Like, right. you know I'm lying. Right. I'll be like, so, okay, I'm like, do you want to, so you want to bullshit or you want to come back? Like, can, you can come back next week or like, what you, what you trying to do? Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to do this, you know? Oh, so, yeah. but yeah, don't lie to your therapist. I think it's also important. I think sometimes, um, this is, uh, I think, Okay. Not to say this, but I think a lot of times people get stuck on the part of their lives that it's like, oh, I need to talk to this person because I need closure. What? Um, yeah, I don't believe in closure. I'm sorry. Closure. Let me tell you, closure is not really a real thing. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Closure, closure is <laughs> closure is a very real thing for you, but it's mm. not warranted with another person in order to like get over the hump of like past her or past trauma or to get some type of relief as long as you have closure with yourself um that's really the most important thing because i think people only try to go to the person to get closure because they they want to answer that they know they're not going to get you know oh my god are you yelling at me just <laughs> Am I, am I loud? It's not my You are loud. <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's true though. That's absolutely true. I don't yeah. believe in it. Because whatever you say, if it ain't what I want to hear, I'm not gonna if, get closure one. Yeah, it's not gonna help at all. I'm not gonna um, believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think one is like realizing that you need help, that that the that the instances and the experiences that you had in your life were actually not very functional for you to deal with and they were actually harmful and hurtful and instead of helping. Um and then like going to see somebody. If you can't go to see somebody, um it's like maybe you don't have the funds or you don't have the time or it's just like I'm not okay with doing it right now. I think one thing that you could possibly pick up is journaling. I know it sounds super cheesy and it's like journaling. Don't nobody want to write no damn journal. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, I think it's a very therapeutic, especially like when you have good days and where you have bad days, you can like flip through your pages and figure out, okay, like, oh, I had a really like shitty day this day. Like, but what triggered me on this day? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I went to this specific place or I saw this specific person. Or you can go back and it's like, oh, I, re- I had this journal entry. It's like, oh, I had an amazing day that day. Like, what made it so amazing? And it's like, oh, I spent quality time with, like, my grandma. Or I spent quality time with my best friend. Or maybe it's like, oh, I went, you know, and I bought something for myself as far as, like, self-care. So it's, like, a way for you to get out your feelings. But it's also a way for you to track your feelings so that you know what to do in the future in order to, like, make your life more healthy and more functional. Um, yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that's something that's kind of like I'm not okay with actually going to um, you know 
a don't is I would feel like please don't talk I mean I know we like best friends we love best friends but your best friend is not your therapist okay thank so, you girl thank you this you talk best... about the whole reason we got the show right now the premises <laughs> of the whole show yeah your best friend is not your therapist he or she is not there to help you heal from your trauma um that's not what they're there I always say it's a good thing to like ask your friends like before you unload on them if it's a good time mm-hmm. or if they're like emotionally equipped to unload on you like sometimes it's like I'm having a bad day and it's like I'm not you know I just want to vent real quick to somebody I usually like text my best friend and I'd be like hey can you handle me venting to you real quick like five minutes now mm-hmm. and she might say no and I'd be like cool you know <laughs> but if she said yes I'd be like cool I'll write in my damn journal but you know what girl okay I'll write in my journal but if she says yes then you know it gives you the opportunity to do it but I think it's really important to like still let your friend be your friend and also have those boundaries because your friend don't get paid to um take on your shit thank you you. that is a key point and I'm a huge advocate for journaling even Mm -hmm. if I am seeing my therapist I journal and when I go to my therapy session I have it right there with me and be like girl look on April 13th, I okay. was through, and this See? is what happened. Can you help me, please? See, I would love you. See, girl, I would love I'd, you. I'd be like, I'd be like read it out, I'd, read it out loud, girl. Let me hear. Girl, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but put your seatbelt on, bitch. Tight Buck- bra strap. Go for a bumpy go. ride. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, do, if you don't have any more advice, do you have anything else? Um. I don't think I have anything else. I would just say, like, go to a therapist. I mean, find a therapist that you f- that like works for you. I always say that, mm-hmm. like, finding a therapist is like trying on shoes. Like, the first one might not always be the the right fit, but that just doesn't mean that you're gonna walk around damn barefoot. Like, you still mm-hmm. need to put something on your feet. So, <laughs> like, you just can't walk. It's kind of like if the first therapist doesn't work, don't give up and be like, uh, like I hate therapy. Like, it didn't work, so I'm not gonna do it anymore. Like, no. You should still like try to seek out somebody that you want. A really good website is like psychologytoday.com and it allows you yeah. to fil- filter through like so many therapists. You can literally put in like what you want in a therapist. Like, do you want them to be black? Do you want them to be female? Do you want them to be like non-binary? Do you want them to be like part of the LBGTQ community? Do you want them to be Christian? Do you want them to be Catholic? Like you literally like do you, what city do you want them to live in? You know, mm-hmm. what do you want them to specialize in? Do you want it to be like some type of cognitive behavioral therapy? Do you want it to be like eye movement, desensitization therapy? Like, what exactly do you want? And it literally has all that. You can click on it, like basically, like you know, like you shopping and you trying to find dresses, whatever specific color, size, all that type of shit. And mm-hmm. it like literally <laughs> populates. <laughs> it populates all the people that it's like, okay, this one might be for you. And then, you know, you can just take it from there. Also, if you don't know a lot of therapists, if you feel like, oh, well, I won't be able to like afford therapy. A lot of therapists, depending on your location, they have this thing called a sliding scale pay, where it's like Mm -hmm. based upon how much money you make, they tailor it to um, like how much you would pay for your session. So maybe you do come from like a lower income, like um, socioeconomic like community. Um, a lot of therapists, it's like, oh, we have sliding scale pay. So instead of somebody paying, and maybe you don't have insurance, you know, it's like, instead of like somebody coming in 
who doesn't have insurance, but you know, they come from like a pretty good like income. They would pay like $80 for a session. And maybe you're mm-hmm. like working minimum wage, but you really need therapy. They might say, okay, well, we'll just do it like for $20. So that's what's up. Yeah. So it's just all about finding that. And I think you can do that too on psychologytoday.com. It's like finding like people who do like a sliding pay scale for you. So yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice to know. Um, Cause And and I don't want to say that there's no excuse because there are plenty of excuses, but I think that there's just so many resources available out there, even if you don't necessarily have the money for you to find. Yeah, Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah, I know some jobs, it covers it on insurance. If you're in college, you should have a clinic at your school, whereas you can get all the counseling that you need. It is totally free. You don't have to pay for it. It's literally in your tuition. But I think a lot of college students just don't use it because they don't really know about it. You know, I, if you're, I never knew about that. Yeah. If you're in public school, there should be like some type of counselor on hand for you, whether it's a school counselor. All in all, your mental well-being is more important than anything, because if your mind isn't right, everything else is not going to follow suit. So. In shambles. In shambles. In shambles. OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Ray, you got anything else? Uh, no, I, I would no. <laughs> you got to do it on your own you get the therapist yes you need a therapist i I absolutely do the first therapist i got i understand we are in covid times but that bitch was sitting on the couch with her kids in the background i said oh absolutely oh no very unprofessional I'm not coming back to you. No, ma'am. And then the second one was a black lady, and I could not get this bitch to schedule my damn appointment. Oh, and Lord. So, hey, Mercy. Don't nobody want your money. Yeah, so. Somebody right want to help my friend. Somebody don't nobody want to help her. Somebody <laughs> please help our girl. Please. Because she needed her crazy ass <laughs> Yes. So when I get back home, finally, I'm a, I'm a get back into it because I, I need to unpack my shit. That's right. very eye-opening for me, for sure. It's not that yes. I didn't know I had this stuff, you know, in my... It's just somebody uh, telling you that you got this stuff without telling you. Yes, connecting it all together to who I am now and how can I fix this shit? Because I'm trying to get a husband. I'm trying to have some kids. <sighs> All that. It's gonna anyway. come for you, Queen. Okay. We, we gonna we gonna get you together. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you got anything else, Kay? No, I'm good. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining yes. us and giving us your expert advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you guys um, for having me. Huh? huh? I said thank you guys for having me. You say you want me to tell my mama and him. That oh, I say, hey, hey mama, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all. Hey, I'm me me and Raven used to, that's okay. Me, Raven went to my mama's school, y'all, and we used to be at daycare together. When yes. I get up, whenever I got dropped off, honey, yes. I had to go to daycare East North Street, yeah. <laughs> after school. <laughs> so, just tell the people how they can find you on the socials. I don't know if you want them to be able to find you. But y'all can find me on the socials. Uh-huh. I don't do therapy shit on my socials because you know what? I'm a listen. I'm a therapist, but I'm not duality. a therapist all the time. I'm duality. Okay, when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. 
So you got to judge me, okay? I'm a, I'm a millennial, all right? When I go to all my right. job, I do my job. But when I leave my job, I'm not doing my job, all right? So uh-huh. you guys can find me on Instagram at my alias baby hair princess. Yes. Okay, don't come to my inbox asking me questions about therapy because I'm not going to answer it. If you want to do that, you can hit me up through an email at a professional site. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, hit me up on Instagram, Baby Hair Princess. Give me a follow. I might follow you back. Hey. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining us this week. We appreciate thank you, guys. You. Yeah. Ray, you want to close us out? Uh, yes, guys. Well, thank you again for listening <laughs> to. I think y'all actually may have gotten something out of this episode versus the rest of. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. Hopefully, you learned something. Um, but yes, follow us on hang up. I'm having a damn brain fart. You never me. remember the goddamn that <laughs> girl. Follow us on Instagram at <laughs> you need to stand this time. <laughs> the link tree is there. You can follow us on all the socials. Um, and that's it. That's we just about to cut it. Cause Ray okay. will spend 30 minutes closing the damn episode out. Today ain't the day, right friend. Today <laughs> the day. Say bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thank you, Jess. All right. Ooh. Oh, Lordy. Have mercy. <laughs> we made it. We made it. We made it. Yeah. We made it. Yeah. I'm going to need a therapist after this damn podcast trying to get out <laughs> Shit. That's just how it goes, Jess. At the end, we be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>